part two of chapter number three of the Phenomenology of Mind, volume one by George Wilhelm Friedrich Hegel, translated by James Black Bailey. This LibriVox is in the public domain. Part two of chapter number three, the force and understanding, the world of appearance and the supersensible world. Our object henceforward has thus the form of a syllogistic inference, Schluss, whose extremes are the inner being of things and understanding, and its middle term the sphere of appearance. The course of this inferential process, however, furnishes the further characterization of what understanding detects in the inner world by the aid of the middle term, and gives rise to the experience understanding goes through regarding this relation of the combined and mutually inferable terms. The inner world is, as far as consciousness, a bare and simple beyond, because consciousness does not as yet find itself in it. It is empty, for it is merely the nothingness of appearance, and positively naked universal. This type of inwardness suits those who say that the inner being of things cannot be known, but the reason for the position would have to be taken in some other sense. Certainly there is no knowledge to be had of this inner world, as we have it here. Not, however, owing to reason being too short-sighted or limited, or whatever you call it, on this point there is as yet nothing known at this stage. We have not gone deep enough for that yet. But on account simply of the nature of the case, because in the void there is nothing known, or, putting it from the other point of view, because its very characteristic lies in being beyond consciousness. The result is, of course, the same if you place a blind man amid the wealth of the supersensible world. If it has a wealth, whether this be content peculiarly its own, or whether consciousness itself be this content, and if you place one with sight in absolute darkness, or, if you like, in pure light, supposing the supersensible world to be this. The seeing man sees in that pure light as little as in absolute darkness, and just as much as the blind man in the ample fullness which lay before him. If there were really nothing further ado with the inner sphere, and with our being bound up along with it, by means of the world of appearance, then there would be nothing left but to stop at the phenomenal world, i.e. take something for truth about which we know it is not true. Or in order that there may be something in this empty void, which while it originally came about as a state devoid of objective things, has, however, since its emptiness pure and simple to be taken, also devoid of all mental relations and distinctions of consciousness qua consciousness, in order that the complete vacuity, which is even called the holy of holies, the inner sanctuary, there may yet be something we should be driven to fill it up with dreams, with appearances produced by consciousness itself. It would have to be content with being treated so badly, for it would not deserve anything better, since even dreams are something better than its own barren emptiness. The inner world, or the supersensible beyond, has, however, arisen. It comes to us out of the sphere of appearance, and the latter is its mediating agency. In other words, appearance is its essential nature, and in point of fact its filling. The supersensible is established truth of the sensible and perceptual. The truth of the sensible and the perceptual lies, however, in being appearance. The supersensible is, then, appearance qua appearance. We distort the proper meaning of this if we take it to mean that the supersensible is, therefore, the sensible world, or the world as it is for immediate sense certainty and perception. For, on the contrary, appearance is just not the world of sense knowledge and perception as positively being, but this world as superseded or established in truth as an inner world. It is often said that the supersensible is not appearance, but by appearance is thereby meant not appearance, but rather the sensible world taken as itself real actuality. 
understanding which is our object here finds itself in this position that for it the inner world has come about to begin with only as the implicit inherent being universal and still without a filling the play of forces has simply and solely this negative significance of not being something per se and its only positive significance is that of being the mediating agency but outside understanding the relation of understanding to the inner world through mediation is however its own process by which the inner world will be found to receive fullness of content the play of forces is what understanding has directly to do with it but the real truth for it is the inner world bare and simple the movement of force is consequently the truth only by being in like manner something simple regarding this play of forces however we saw that its peculiarity lay in this that the force which is awakened into activity by another force is just on that account the inciting agency for this other force which thereby itself only becomes an inciting force we have here in this way merely direct and immediate interchange or complete interchange of the characteristic which constitutes the sole content of what comes before us viz the fact of being either universal medium or negative unity it ceases immediately on its entrance in determinate form to be what it was on entering it awakens or incites by its appearance in determinate shape the other side which thereby gives itself expression i e the latter is now directly what the first was to be each of these two sides the relation of inciting and the relation of the opposed determinate content is on its own account an absolute process of permutation and transposition but these two relations are again themselves one and the same and the formal distinction being incited and inciting to activity is the same as the distinction of content i e the distinction between the incited factor as such viz the passive medium on the one side and the inciting factor viz the active medium the negative unity or the one on the other side in this way there disappears all distinction and contrasted opposed particular forces which were meant to be present in this process for they rested solely on the above distinctions and along with both those distinctions the distinction between the forces collapses likewise into merely one there is thus neither force nor inciting and being incited to action nor the characteristics of being a stable medium and a unity reflected into self there is neither a particular which is something in its own account nor are there diverse opposites what is found in this flux of thoroughgoing change is merely difference as universal difference or difference into which the various opposites have been resolved this difference as universal consequently is what constitutes the ultimate simple element in that play of forces and is the resultant truth of that process it is the law of force the absolute flux of the world of appearance passes into bare and simple difference through its relation to the simplicity of the inner being the simplicity apprehended by understanding the inner being is in the first instance merely the implicit universal this implicit simple universal however is essentially absolute universal difference as well for it is the outcome of the change itself or change is in its very nature but change when planted in the inner reality is as change truly is forthwith it is taken up into that reality as equally absolute universal difference at peace with itself and remaining at one with itself in other words negation is an essential moment of the universal and negation or mediation in the universal is universal difference this difference is expressed in the law which is the stable presentiment or picture of unstable appearance the supersensible world is in this way a quiescent kingdom of laws 
no doubt beyond the world of perception for this exhibits the law only through incessant change but likewise present in it and its direct immovable copy or image the kingdom of laws is indeed the truth for understanding and the truth finds its content in the distinction which lies in the law at the same time however this kingdom of laws is only the preliminary truth and does not give all the fullness of the world of appearance the law is present therein but is not all the appearance present under ever-varying circumstances the law has an ever-varying actual existence thereby appearance continues to keep one aspect which is not in the inner world i e appearance is not yet in the very truth established as appearance as that whose independent being has been done away with this defect of the law has to be brought out in the law itself what seems defective in it is that while it no doubt has difference within it it contains this in a merely universal indeterminate way so far however as it is not law in general but a law it has determinateness within it and as a result there are found an indeterminate plurality of laws but this plurality is rather itself a defect it contradicts the principle of understanding for which since it is consciousness of the simple inner being truth is the inherently universal unity it must therefore let the many laws coalesce into a single law just as e g the law by which a stone falls and that by which the heavenly bodies move have been conceived as one law when the laws thus coincide however they lose their specific character the laws become more and more abstract and superficial and in consequence we find as a fact not the unity of these various determinate laws but a law which leaves out their specific character just as the one law which combines itself in the laws of falling terrestrial bodies and the movements of celestial bodies does not in point of fact express both kinds of laws the unification of all laws in universal attraction expresses no further content than just the bare concept of the law itself a concept which is therein set down as an existing universal attraction says merely that everything has a constant distinction for anything else understanding pretends by that to have found a universal law which gives expression to universal reality as such but in point of fact it has merely found the conception of law itself although in such a way that it is at the same time declaring reality to be in its very nature conforming to law the idea of universal attraction has therefore to this extent great importance that it is directed against the unthinking way of representing reality to which everything appears in the shape of accident and chance and for which determinateness specificity takes the form of sensuous independence in contrast then with determinate laws stand universal attraction or the bare conception of law in so far as the pure conception is looked on as the essentially real or as the true inner being the determinateness characterizing the specific law itself belongs still to the sphere of appearance or rather to sensible existence but the pure conception of law transcends not merely the law which being itself a determinate law stands contrasted with other determinate laws but also transcends law as such the determinateness of which we spoke is itself strictly a mere vanishing moment which can no longer come forward here as an essential entity for it is only the law which is the truth here but the conception of law turned against the law itself that is to say in the law distinction itself is immediately apprehended and taken up into the universal thereby however making the moments whose relation it expresses subsist as mutually indifferent and inherently real entities these parts of the distinction found in the law are however at the same time themselves determinate aspects 
the pure concept of law as universal attraction must to get its true significance be so apprehended that in it the absolutely single and simple the distinctions which are present in law as such return again themselves to into the inner being qua bare and simple unity this unity is the inner necessity of the law the law is thereby present in a twofold form in one case it is there as the law in which the differences are expressed as independent moments in the other it is in the form of a simple withdrawal into itself which again can be called force but in the sense not of repressed force spoken of above but force in general or the concept of force an abstraction which absorbs the distinctions involved in what attracts and is attracted in this sense e g simple electricity is force the expression of difference falls however within the law this difference is positive and negative electricity in the case of the motion of falling bodies force is the simple element gravity which has the law that the magnitudes of the different factors in motion the time spent the space traversed are to one another the relation of root and square electricity itself is not difference per se is not in essential nature a twofold entity consisting of positive and negative electricity hence it is often said it has the law of being so and so in the way indicated or again that it has the property of expressing itself in this fashion the property is doubtless the essential and peculiar property of the force i e it belongs to it necessarily but necessity here is an empty phrase force must just because it must duplicate itself in this matter of course if positive electricity is given negative electricity is inherently necessary for the positive element only is by relating to a negative in other words the positive element in its very self involves difference from itself just in the same way as the negative does but that electricity as such should break up itself into parts in this way is not itself a necessity electricity qua simple force is indifferent to its law to be in the form of positive and negative and if we call the former its notion and the latter its being then its notion is different to its being it merely has this as a property which just means that this is not per se necessary to it this indifference takes another form when it is said that to be positive and negative is involved in the definition of electricity or that this is neither more nor less than its notion and its essence its being in that case would mean its existence in general but that definition of the necessity of its existence is not contained it exists either because we find it i e its existence is not necessarily at all or else it exists through other forces i e the necessity of existence is an external necessity but in that the determinateness of being through another is what the necessity consists in we are back again to the plurality of determinate laws which we have just left in order to consider law as law it is only with the latter that we can compare its notion as notion or its necessity this necessity however has in all these forms shown itself just to be an empty phrase there is still another way in which that just indicated in which the indifference of law and force or of notion and being is found in the law of motion e g it is necessary for motion to be broken up into the elements of time and space or again into distance and velocity since motion is merely the relation of these factors motion the universal has in this way certain distinct parts to its own self but now these parts time and space or distance and velocity do not express themselves in this origination from a single unity they are indifferent the one to the other space is thought of as able to be without time time without space and distance at least without velocity just as their magnitudes are indifferent the one to the other 
since they are not related like positive and negative and consequently do not refer to one another by their very nature the necessity of partition into distinct factors then we certainly do have here but not the necessity of the parts as such for one another on that account however the first necessity too is itself merely delusory false necessity for motion is not itself thought of as something simple or as bare essence but as from the first divided into elements time and space are in themselves its independent parts or its real elements in other words distance and velocity are modes of being or ways of thinking each of which can very well be without the other and motion is consequently no more than their superficial relation not their true nature if it is represented as simple essence or as force motion is no doubt gravity but this does not properly speaking contain these distinctions the distinction is then in both cases no distinction of an inherent or essential kind either the universal force is indifferent to the division into its parts which is found in the law or else the distinction the parts of the law are indifferent to one another understanding however does not have the notion of distinction per se just by the fact that law is in part its inner being the inherent nature but is in it at the same time distinguished that this distinction is in its way inner distinction is shown by the fact that law is bare and simple force or is the notion of that distinction and thus a distinction of the notion but still this inner distinction falls to begin with only within understanding and is not yet established in the fact itself it is thus only its own necessity to which understanding gives expression the distinction that is to say is one which makes only so as at the same time to express the distinction is not to be a distinction in the nature of the fact itself this necessity which is merely verbal is thus a rehearsal of the moments which make up the cycle of necessity they are no doubt distinct but their distinction is at the same time explicitly stated not to be a distinction of the fact itself and consequently is itself again straightway cancelled and transcended this process is called explanation a law is expressed from this its inherently universal element or the ground in the sense of force is distinguished but regarding this distinction it is asserted that it is no distinction rather that the ground has entirely the same constitutive nature as the law for example the particular occurrence of lightning as apprehended as universal and this universal is expressed in the law of electricity the explanation thereupon merges the law in force as the essence of the law this force is then so constituted that when it finds expression opposite electrical discharges appear and these again disappear into one another in other words force has exactly the same constitutive character as law both are thus declared to be in no way distinct the distinctions are pure universal expressions or law or pure force but both have the same content the same constitutive character thus the distinction between them qua distinction of content i e of fact is also again withdrawn in this tautological process of understanding as the above shows holds fast to the changeless unity of its object and the process takes effect solely within understanding itself and not in the object it is an explanation that not only explains nothing but is so plain that while it makes as if it would say something different from what is already said it really says nothing at all but merely repeats the same thing over again so far as the fact itself goes this process gives rise to nothing new the process is only of account as a process of understanding in it however we now get acquainted with just what we missed in the case of the law absolute change itself 
for this process when looked at more narrowly is directly the opposite of itself it sets up that is a distinction which is not only for us no distinction but which itself cancels as distinction this is the same process of change which was formerly manifested as the play of forces in the latter we found distinction of inciting and incited force or force expressing itself and force withdrawn into itself but these were distinctions in which reality were no distinctions and therefore were only immediately cancelled again we have here not merely the naked entity so that no distinction could be set up at all the process we have is rather this that a distinction is certainly made but because it is no distinction again it is superseded thus then with the process of explaining we see the ebb and flow of change which was formerly characteristic of the sphere of appearance and lay outside the inner world finding its way into the region of the supersensible self our consciousness however has passed from the inner being as an object over to understanding on the other side and finds the changing process there the change in this way is not yet a process of the fact itself but rather presents itself before us as pure change just by the content of the moments of change remaining the same since then the notion qua notion of understanding is the same as the inner nature of things this change becomes for understanding the law of the inner world understanding thus learns that it is a law in the sphere of appearance for distinctions to come about which there are no distinctions in other words it learns that what is self-same is self-repulsive and similarly that the distinctions are only such as in reality are none and cancel one another or that what is not self-same is self-attractive here we have a second law whose content is the opposite of what was formerly called law is the invariable and unchanging self-identical distinction for this new law expresses rather the process of like becoming unlike and unlike becoming like this notion demands of the unreflective mind to bring both laws together and become conscious of their opposition of course the second is also law and inner self-identical being but it is rather a self-sameness of the unlike a constancy or inconstancy in this play of forces this law turned out to be just the absolute transition and pure change the self-same force split into an opposition that in the first instance appeared as a substantial independent distinction which however in point of fact proved itself to be none for it is the self-same which repels itself from itself and this element repelled in consequence was self-attracted for it is the same the distinction made since it is none thus cancels itself again this distinction is hence set forth as a distinction on the part of the fact itself or as an absolute objective distinction and this distinction on the part of the fact is nothing but the self-same that which has repelled itself from itself and consequently only set up an opposition which is none by means of this principle the first supersensible world the changeless kingdom of laws the immediate ectype and copy of the world of perception has turned around into its opposite the law was in general like its differences self-identical now however it is established that each side is on the contrary the opposite of itself the self-identical repels itself from itself and the self-discordant sets up to be self-same in truth with a characteristic of this kind distinction is only inner distinction or imminent distinction since the like is unlike itself and the unlike like itself this second supersensible world is in this way the inverted world verkeder welt and moreover since one aspect is already present in the first supersensible world the inverted form of this first the inner being is thereby in its character of appearance completed 
for this first supersensible world was only the immediate raising of the world of perception to the element of universality it had its necessary counterpart in this world of perception which still retains as its own principle of change and alteration the first kingdom of laws dispenses with this principle but preserves it in the form of an inverted world by the law of this inverted world then the self-same in the first world is the unlike of itself and the unlike in the first world is equally unlike itself to itself or it becomes like itself expressed in determinate moments this will assume the form that what by the law of the first is sweet in this inner inverted reality sour what is there black is here white what by the law of the first was the north pole in the case of the magnet is in its other supersensible inner world viz in the earth south pole while what was there south pole is here north pole similarly what by the first law is in the case of electricity the oxygen pole becomes in its other supersensible reality the hydrogen pole and conversely what is there the pole of hydrogen becomes here the pole of oxygen to take another sphere of experience revenge on an enemy is according to the primitive and immediate law the supreme satisfaction of injured individuality this law however that of standing up against one who doesn't treat me as a substantial self letting him see that i am a substantial being and even doing away with him as a reality this law is converted by the principle of the other world into its very opposite viz into the reinstatement of myself as the true reality through the removal of the alien hostile being in self-destruction this primitive procedure of individual vengeance finds its inner meaning revealed in the ethically justifiable procedure of punishment but ethical punishment is really self-punishment for example plato's georgias punishment however has an inner meaning of its own too if now this inversion which is brought out in the punishment of crime is made into a law it also is again only the law of a world which is, has an inverted supersensuous world standing in antithesis to itself where that which is despised in the former comes to honour and that which is in the former honoured meets with contempt this punishment by which the law of the former disgraces a man and annihilates him turns around in its inverted world into the pardoning grace which preserves his being and brings him into honour looked at on the surface this inverted world is the antithesis of the first in the sense that it has the latter outside itself and repels that world from itself as an inverted reality that in the one is the sphere of appearance while in the other is the inherited being that the one is in the world as it is for another the other again is in the world as it is for itself in this way to use the previous examples what tastes sweet is properly or inwardly in the thing sour or what is the north pole is in the case of the actual magnet belonging to the sphere of appearance would in the inner or essential being be south pole what is shown to be oxygen pole is in electricity as a phenomenon would be hydrogen pole in the case of electricity not falling within the sphere of appearance or again an act which in appearance is a crime would in its inner nature be capable of being really good a bad act may have a good intention punishment is only in appearance punishment in itself or in another world it might well be for the criminal benefit but such oppositions of inner and outer appearance and supersensible in the sense of two sorts of reality are no longer to be found here the differences repelled are not divided anew and assigned into two substances such as would support them and lend them a separate subsistence the result of which would be that understanding would leave the inner region and fall back again on its previous position the one aspect or substance would be once more the world of perception where the one of these two laws would carry on its existence opposition to it in an inner world just as sensible world as the first but in the sphere of ideas 
one that could not be indicated seen heard and tasted in a sensible world and yet would be thought of as such a sensible world but in point of fact if the one element set up in its perceived reality and its inherent being as its inverted form is at the time a sensuously represented element then the sour which would be the inherent nature of the sweet thing is a real thing just as much as the latter would be a sour thing black which would be the inherent nature of white is the actual black the north pole which is the true reality of the south pole is the north pole present in the same magnet the oxygen pole is the inherent nature of the pole of hydrogen is the given oxygen pole of the same voltaic pile the actual crime however finds its inversion and in its inherent nature qua possibility in the intention as such but not a good intention for the truth of intention is simply the deed itself the crime so far as its content goes recoils upon itself and finds its inversion in actual punishment this is the reconciliation of the law with the reality set up against it in crime finally the actual punishment carries its inverted reality with it in such a way that it is a kind of realization of the law whereby the activity which the law exercises in the form of punishment is cancelled in the process a manner of realization through which the law from being actively operative becomes again quiescent and authoritative and the conflict of individuality with it and of it with individuality is extinguished from this idea then of inversion which constitutes the essential nature of one aspect of the supersensible world we must dissociate the sensuous idea of keeping distinctions substantively fixed in a different element that sustains them and this absolute notion of distinction must be set forth and apprehended purely as inner distinction self-repulsion of the self self as self-same and likeness of the unlike as unlike we have to think pure flux opposition within opposites itself or contradiction for in the distinction which is an internal distinction the opposite is not only one of two factors if so it would not be an opposite but a bare existent it is the opposite of an opposite or the other is itself directly and immediately present within it no doubt i put the opposite here and the other of which it is the opposite there that is i place the opposite on one side taking it by itself without the other just on that account however since i have the opposite all by itself that it is the opposite of its own self that is it is in point of fact the other immediately within itself thus the supersensible world which is the inverted world has at the same time reached out beyond the other world and has itself in that other it is to itself conscious of being inverted for sich verkader i e it is the inverted form of itself it is that world itself and its opposite in a single unity only thus is its distinction an internal distinction or distinction per se in other words only thus is it in the form of infinity by means of infinity we see law attaining the form of inherent necessity and so realizing its complete nature and all moments of the sphere of appearance are thereby taken up into the inner realm that the simple and ultimate nature of law is necessity means according to the foregoing analysis a that it is a self-identical element which however is inherently distinction or that its self-sameness which repels itself from itself breaks asunder into two factors what was called simple force duplicates itself and through its infinity is law it means b that what is thus sundered constituting as it does the parts which are thought of as the law puts itself forward as substituting as stable 
and if the parts are considered without the conception of internal distinction then space and time or distance and velocity which appear as moments of gravity are just as much indifferent and without necessary relation to one another as to gravity itself or again as this bare gravity is indifferent to them or as simple electricity is indifferent to positive and negative but c by this conception of internal distinction this unlike and indifferent factor space and time etc becomes a distinction which has no distinction or merely a distinction of what is self-same and whose essences lie in unity they are reciprocally awakened into activity as positive and negative by each other and their being lies rather in the setting themselves as not being and cancelling themselves out in the common unity but the factors distinguished subsist they are per se and they are per se as opposites that is they are the opposites of themselves they have their antitheses within them and are merely one single unity this bare and simple infinity or the absolute notion may be called the ultimate nature of life the soul of the world the universal life-blood which courses everywhere and whose flow is neither disturbed nor checked by any obstructing distinction but itself is every distinction that arises as well as that to which all distinctions are dissolved pulsating within itself but with ever motionless shaken to its depths but still at rest it is self-identical for the distinctions are tautological they are distinctions that are none this self-identical reality stands therefore in relation solely to itself to itself which means that this is another to which the relation points and relation to itself is more strictly breaking asunder in other words that very self-identity is internal distinction these sundered factors have hence each in a separate being of their own each is an opposite of another and thus with each other is therein ipso facto expressly given or it is not the opposite of another but it is the pure opposite and thus each is therefore in itself the opposite of itself or again each is not an opposite at all but exists purely for itself a pure self-identical reality with no distinctions in it this being so we do not need to ask still less to treat anxiety over such questions as philosophy or even regard this as a question philosophy cannot answer how distinction or otherwise is to come out of this pure essence how these are to be really got out of it for this process of disruption has already taken place distinction has been excluded from the self-identical entity and put to one side so far as it is concerned what should have been taken as the self-identical is thus already one of the sundered elements instead of being the absolute essential reality that the self-identical breaks asunder means therefore just as truly that it supersedes itself as already sundered that it cancels itself qua otherness the unity which people usually have in mind when they say distinction cannot come out of unity is in point of fact itself merely one moment of the process of disruption it is the abstraction of simplicity which stands in contrast with distinction but in that it is abstraction is merely one of the two opposed elements the statement thus already implies that the unity in the process of breaking asunder is for the unity a negative element an opposite then it is put forward precisely as that which contains the opposition within it the different aspects of diremption and of becoming self-identical are therefore likewise merely this process of self-cancelling for since the self-identical element which should first divide itself asunder or pass into its opposite is an abstraction i e is already itself a sundered element 
its diremption is eo ipso a cancelling of what it is and thus the cancelling of what is being sundered the process of becoming self-identical is likewise a process of diremption what becomes identical with itself thereby opposes itself to disruption that is itself thereby puts itself on one side in other words it becomes really something sundered infinitude this absolute unrest of pure self-movement such that whatever is determined is in any way e.g. as being is really the opposite of this determinateness has from the start no doubt the very soul of all that has gone before but it is in this internal world that it has first come out explicitly and definitely the world of appearance or the play of forces already shows its operation but it is in this first instance as explanation that it comes openly forward and since it is at length an object for consciousness and consciousness is aware of it as what it is consciousness is in this way self-consciousness understanding's functions of explaining furnishes in the first instance merely the description of what self-consciousness is understanding cancels the distinction present in law distinctions which have already become pure distinctions but are still indifferent and puts them aside in a single unity force to bring about this identification however is at the same time and immediately a process of diremption for understanding removes the distinctions and sets up the oneness of force only by the fact that it creates new distinctions of force and law which at the same time however is no distinction and in spite of the fact that this distinction is at the same time no distinction it goes on to deal with it and to cancel this distinction again since it lets force have just the same constitutive character as law this process or necessity is however in this form still a necessity and a process of understanding or the process as such is not the object of understanding instead understanding has as its objects in that process positive and negative electricity distance velocity force or attraction and a thousand other things objects which make up the content of the moments of the process it is just for that reason that there is so much satisfaction in explanation because consciousness being there if we may use such an expression in direct communion with itself enjoys itself only no doubt it there seems to be occupied with something else but in point of fact it is busied all the while merely with itself in the opposite law as the inversion of the first law or in internal distinction infinitude doubtless becomes itself object of understanding but once more understanding fails to do justice to infinity as such since understanding assigns again into two worlds or to two substantial elements that which is distinction per se the self-repulsion of the self-same and the self-attraction of unlike factors to understanding the process as it is found in experience is here an event which happens and the self-same and the unlike are predicates whose reality is an underlying substratum what is for understanding an object in a covering veil of sense now comes before us in its essential form as pure notion this apprehension of distinction as it truly is apprehension of infinitude as such is something for us observing the course of the process or is implicit imminent the exposition of its notion belongs to science consciousness however in the way it immediately has this notion again appears as a peculiar form or new attitude of consciousness which does not recognize its own essential nature in what has gone before but looks upon it as something quite different in that this notion of infinitude is its object it is thus a consciousness of the distinction as one 
which is at the same time at once cancelled consciousness is for itself and on its own account a distinguishing of what is undistinguished it is self-consciousness i distinguish myself from myself and therein i am immediately aware that this factor distinguished from me is not distinguished i the self-same being thrust myself away from myself but this which is distinguished which is set up as unlike me is immediately on its being distinguished no distinction for me consciousness of another of an object in general is indeed itself necessarily self-consciousness reflected into itself consciousness of self in its otherness the necessary advance from the previous attitudes of consciousness which found their true content to be a thing something other than themselves brings into light this very fact that not merely is consciousness of a thing only possible for self-consciousness but that this self-consciousness alone is the truth of those attitudes but it is only for us who trace this process that this truth is actually present it is not yet so for the consciousness immersed in the experience self-consciousness has in the first instance to become a specific reality in its own account for sich has come into being for itself it is not yet in the form in which unity with consciousness in general we see that in the inner being of the sphere of appearance understanding gets to know the truth in nothing else but appearance itself not however appearance in the shape of a play of forces but that play of forces in its absolute universal moments and in the process of those moments in fact understanding merely experiences itself raised above perception consciousness reveals itself united and bound up with the supersensible world through the mediating agency of the realm of appearance through which it gazes into this background that lies behind appearance the two extremes the one of the pure inner region the other that of the inner being gazed into this pure inner region are now merged together and as they have disappeared qua extremes the middle term the mediating agency qua something other than these extremes has also vanished this curtain of appearance therefore hanging before the inner world is withdrawn and we have here the inner being the ego gazing into the inner realm the vision of the undistinguished self-same reality which repels itself from itself affirms itself as a divided and distinguished inner reality but as one for which at the same time the two factors have immediately no distinction what we have here is self-consciousness it is manifest that behind the so-called curtain which is to hide the inner world there is nothing to be seen unless we ourselves go behind there as much in order that we may thereby see as there may be something behind there which can be seen but it is clear at the same time that we cannot without more ado go straight away behind there for this knowledge of what is the truth of the idea of the realm of appearance and of inner being is itself only a result arrived at after a long and devious process in the course of which the modes of consciousness meaning perception understanding disappear and it would be equally evident that to get acquainted with what consciousness knows when it is knowing itself requires us to fetch a still wider compass what follows will set this forth at length end of chapter 3 Three recorded by Morris in Alsi Bedfordshire.